your God-given gift. God has blessed you all with different gifts. And those are the ones we're going to be uh, looking at or analyzing and making sure, okay, what is your gift? We've been talking about that everybody is needed. Everybody is essential. Nobody can be discarded or moved over. Everybody is important in the body of Christ. So we've looked at... Um, uh, you know, we're taking all of this out of this book by Don and Katie Fortune that says, Discover Your God-Given Gifts. So everyone has a gift. I know that sometimes there's uh, newcomers to the church, and sometimes they say, I don't have any gift. Yes, you do. So I'm going to tell you again what we've been doing for the past uh, two Wednesdays. Turn to your neighbor. Tell them, you have a gift. And, and let's say it again because I heard only the two of you. Okay, let's say it again. You have a gift. Okay, and now, so we can assure ourselves, I have a gift. Okay, six of them said it, but not all 30 of you. Okay, say it, I have a gift. Amen. You have to kind of say that because you think that you're not skilled. Because when you were growing up, sometimes you were growing in that atmosphere, your parents said, and I hate to say it, but it was true back then, you don't know anything. And you don't know anything. And you are not worth it. And all, I mean, we have heard all those negatives, right? But God gave us a gift when we were born, and that's what we've been seeing. We did say that uh, there are three categories of gifts. The first nine are called the manifestation gifts. Uh, we just briefly went through them. Also, the next set of gifts are the ministry gifts. Those are five, and these are specifically for the church. And then the ones that we are looking at and you know, being a little bit more detailed about them are the seven motivational gifts. These seven, uh, we've already covered four of them last uh, Wednesday. If you didn't uh, come in, uh, there was a folder and I saw, I saw the folders. I was excited when I saw you carrying that folder. Thank you so much. Uh, that means you did remember to bring it in. Not only that, I was hearing from some of you that you're sharing it with your relatives, co-workers, friends. And I said, oh, that's awesome. Because everybody needs to know that they do have a gift. And they're important in the family, in the body, at the family at home, in the family of God here in church. We looked at the gift of perception. And so I, I mentioned the very, like two Wednesdays ago, to say, don't think that you have it all together. You don't. And I said, you know, there are, there are problems with the perceiver. And we showed those up here. We told them there are five difficulties with the perceivers. Then we also went on to the gift of serving. We went through the 20 characteristics. I give you an opportunity to add them all up. And also the server has five um, problems. We call them problems of the server. And then we went on to the gift of teaching. And I have issues. I have problems. There's five of them. And sometimes, you know, uh, we look up to the teachers and we say, oh, they're perfect in every way. No, there are problems in, in them as well, just like anybody else. And then uh, we went into the gift of exhortation. We looked at exhortation doesn't mean I'm going to tell you all your truths. It's actually the exhor exhorter is the one that is always there, you know, saying, good job. You're on the right track. Oh, you, you took a new step. Awesome. And all these things. They're always so positive. They're, they're loved by everybody. Oh, here comes Melissa. Oh, I love her because she's always so positive and never negative and always telling me how good I am. Right? There's a Melissa all over the place. Well, anyway, so we're now 
at the fifth uh, gift. This is a, a gift of giving. There are several of us in this church, and very few. When they passed out the, the offering, I didn't see a lot of people, right, uh, putting in some money. It's, it's normal. It's normal for a church. Very few people are givers. But we're going to start again with the 20 characteristics, the matrix. You should, did they already distribute the next ones? Okay, good. So we're ready to go. Okay, over there they don't have any. Can, if they could please distribute them over here. Uh, for those that were not here last Wednesday, I think we still have a few that maybe you can take home, uh, take it, you know, give it to your spouse or anyone at home. And you might be asking while they're distributing uh, the ones that are still missing, you might be asking, well, what is the purpose of all of this? Well, the purpose is sometimes you are, don't get along with your spouse and you don't understand why. Well, this is the reason why. We want you to understand your spouse. We want you to understand your children as they're growing up. You'll be able to know, okay, you know what? I have these characteristics of this, this type of person. This is how I can help my child. This is how I can tell them, you know what? When you grow up, I think you need to be a counselor. I use this with my son, Osiel, in the back. I, I just, I, I just, he was just different than me. I, I just knew it. And then when I was going through some of these things, I said, you know what? When you finish, you need to be a counselor. It's so natural for you. You just do this. I don't even think about those things as your father, but you even bring him out and point him out. And, and, and here I'm, I'm here to help you. So that is why all of this is good. So you can what? Guide your child, your son, your daughter as they're growing up. Okay? And those of you that are looking for spouses, I have it for everyone. Okay? If you're looking, you know, okay, I can get along with this person, but not with that person. Okay? And you'll know, hey, that, that person is not good for this reason. Okay? Because you're going to have a lot of conflict. You don't want to have. I was one that did not want to have a lot of conflict with my spouse. Thank God. I just know she was the chosen one for me for that reason. Okay, but let me go on. Just making some time because they're still distributing. Let's look at the giver. For those that are watching us on, on the social media, remember make 1 through 20 characteristics or count them down. There's a scale, right? There's a liquid scale of 0 to 5. Uh, 0 is never. Always is number 5. And I was excited to see some of the scores and then... Uh, you probably did that on your own, but some of them are saying, but I don't see a lot of difference. Okay, let's wait for the next three, and you probably fit in one of those categories. So here's a giver. Number one, they give freely of money. So they're willing to give money, just like here in church, of their possessions, anything that they own, their time. They have a lot of time. The, you ask them, can you go with me? Oh, yes, I'll go with you. I mean, they're always giving, giving, giving. Their energy. Oh, my gosh. They are so like pumped up as well, and they have a lot of love, and they just want hugs. They want to hold your hand. That is the giver, okay? I don't hold my hand, or I don't hold my wife's hand, so I'm not a giver, okay? I can tell you that. My wife is not a giver. That's not her strong point either. We don't hold hands a lot. So, what? That's odd? Yes. I mean, that's why I want you to see and understand why is my husband like that? Why is my wife like this? Why are the children like this? Let me go on. Number two, loves to give without others knowing about it. They're the ones that want to give anonymously. They don't want anybody to know that they did give in the offering or a special offering. Number three, wants 
to feel a part of the ministries to which they contribute to. So whatever they give to in the church, they want to make sure that, hey, I want to be a part of that too. Because they are giving, so they want to be part of it. Number four, intercedes for the needs and the salvation of souls. So their heart breaks for those that are non-believers. They feel like they can just feel it in their soul. Like, I, I want to I help them. I want to bring them to Christ. Okay? Uh, not all of us have this. Number five, feels delighted when their gift is an answer to a specific prayer. Sometimes there's a need in the church. The pastor is asking for money. And all of a sudden they say, oh, I just knew it. God was telling me in my heart to go ahead and give. Okay? Uh, number six, wants gifts to be of high quality or craftsmanship. So he likes to uh, even donate these uh, gifts. He likes to give gifts. And they, they like to be what? High quality. Not just something in a, you know, in a bag, a, a present. Those presents are in the bag for a sister. They want a special one. Uh, number seven, gives only by the leading of the Holy Spirit. So they depend a lot on the Holy Spirit. They ask the Holy Spirit to guide them uh, to give. Number eight, gives to support and bless others or to advance a ministry. If they know that there's a, a church somewhere that needs money, they'll donate even to the, uh, let's say, radio stations, TV stations. They are willing to give more above and beyond. Views hospitality as an opportunity to give. So they want, uh, you know, how can I, can I pay your hotel? Can I pay, you know, food for you? The, the, when they invite you to go to the restaurant, that's why I like to go with them. They are willing to pay the whole bill, okay? So look for those in church. I'm just kidding. But... They're willing to give. Number 10, handles finances with wisdom and frugality. They, although they're giving, but they also want to know, okay, did I give too much? Or was it too much or too little? So they're always overanalyzing themselves. How, should I have given more? Um, okay, so number 11, quickly volunteers to help where a need is seen. You know, if there's something that is needed in church, they're always willing to be there. Number 12, seeks confirmation on the amount to give. So he's asking the Holy Spirit, or she is, and saying, should I give or not give? Number 13, has strong belief on tithing and in giving in addition to tithing. So they're the first ones to tithe. They give their 10% to the church. Very, uh, uh, I'm going to say, on time, all the time. Uh, they're always uh, willing to uh, give above and beyond the tithe. Number 14, focuses on sharing the gospel. They love to go knock at the doors. They like to, they're, they're, they're hurting for the souls. They want to go out there. Uh, number 15, they believe that God is a source of their supply. Because they know that they give, God is going to bless me. Immediately, that's the way they think. You know, some of us think, well, I, I can't give because I don't have, I won't probably have for the electricity bill, right? We always try to justify things, right? I might not have it for the next payment, I might not have it for this, but they will freely give, and they know God is going to supply. It's just their faith. I mean, they believe in that. Um, number 16 is very industrious with a tendency toward success. Everything that they give, they want it to what? Come out to fruition, that it's going to happen. Uh, that's the reason why they give, because they, they can see that things are happening, especially in a church. If they give and give and give, and they, they're doing this in church, and they added this, and they're going to do some more. So they say, you know what? I'm just going to give more, because I know that it's going to happen. Number 17, has a natural and effective business ability. 
he can, you know, uh, put into it. And he knows that God is going to give him so more than, than, was, than what he gave. If, if he gave 100% of himself, God, he knows that God is going to give me 200%. Okay, and they are always trying to do, uh, you know, everything well. That's why it says like a business. Uh, 18, likes to get the best value for the money spent. Because they know that when they give, there's going to be success. Number 19 is definitely not gullible. He's not, he will not believe everything that everyone tells him, okay? But they're willing to give. They're not going to be just saying, well, poor me, poor me, and oh, let me give you some, a $20 bill. They won't give you that easily either. Number 20, possesses both natural and God-given wisdom. Okay, so they're very frugal about their money. They know where to give and when to give. They, they ask the Holy Spirit, guide me, help me. And God will, of course, give them wisdom. So do they have problems? Yes, <laughs> just like anybody else. Number one, they may try to control how contributions are used. So they might say, I gave $1,000 to the church so they could do this, this, this in church. And if they don't see that, they're going to talk. Not only that, they want to be in that committee. I want to be in that committee because I want to make sure it does happen. Remember, they want to make sure, and like a business, I put into it, I invested, and I want to see the end results. Number two, tends to pressure others to give. They're the ones that spouse, if it's your spouse or your friend sitting next to you, they're hitting you. Why aren't you going to give? You should give too. Come on, hurry up. So you don't want to be around them all the time, right? Because then you'll have, you won't have money. But anyway, this is a problem. Number three, may upset family and friends with unpredictable giving. I mean, he, they, all of us knew he didn't have for the next car payment, but he still gave or she still gave. And then, okay, why did you do that? You know you don't have enough, right? Number four, tends to spoil own children. Oh my gosh, here comes like grandchildren, right? Uh-oh. They love to spoil them and tell them, and you hear this all the time. Well, when I was growing up, right, my mom and my dad, what, didn't give me this, didn't give me that, didn't provide me, I remember that I wanted this. So then I'm going to what? Now give everything to my son and my daughter. That's a problem. Because you give them too much. And what happens? They become unappreciative. They don't uh, value everything that you give them. And so forth, right? Number five. May use financial giving to get out of other responsibilities. Sometimes he'll just say or she'll just say, you know what? Um, I'll just go ahead and give this and I don't want to be part of it. So that's a problem or an issue. Okay? So those are, this is the giver, okay? As you're tabulating uh, there, uh, of course, remember, you could use your, your cell phone or maybe you already added it because you're that, that, uh, that quick. I'm not that quick, but anyway. Let's go on to the next uh, one. Uh, this is the gift of administration. And, of course, there's also 20 characteristics. The first one is, is highly motivated, to organize that for what they are responsible for. You give them a task. They already have it in their mind. I'm going to do this, step one, step two, step three, and four, and five, right? So they are really good in organizing. Number two, expresses ideas and organizations in ways that communicate clearly. They can tell you exactly step by step how they did something. They, they're really good at that, 
Number three, respects and handles authority well. Okay? So if he, uh, he or she is under uh, a pastor, they recognize that uh, they're not the leaders, but there is a leader in the house, and I'll respect that authority. Number four, will not assume leadership unless it is delegated by those in authority. They're always the, they don't want to be the leader, but they'll be the second person in command. And, but if they give me that authority, I'll do it. Okay? Um, number five, will assume leadership where no specific leadership exists. Sometimes they do that. They say, you know, we're going to create a committee in church, and, and then we, we get all the members that wanted to be in the committee, and then, okay, who wants to lead? Nobody. Nobody wants to lead. Nobody wants to do, what, what should we do first? Well, this person, the administrator, would say, okay, I'll take charge. If you want me to, guys, are you all agree? Okay, then I'm in charge. So that's when they'll assume the responsibility. Number six, especially enjoys working in long-range projects and goals. So this person likes long-range goals and because they know that they can eventually get to it, right? Or they're going to complete it. Number seven, is a visionary person with a broad prospect or prospective. So they can see. That's why they like the long-term goals because they can see what? I, I can see that, you know, in a five years, this church is going to be expanding. We're going to do, what, the whole screen now in front, and I can already see. Do you see that land over there? I can see that that's already, what, a, a school, a biblical school for this church? And, oh, my gosh, they're all excited, right? Those are long range, and whoa, sometimes they go above and beyond. Number eight, easily facilitates resources and people to accomplish tasks or goals. So they will be... If you don't want to take the lead, they're going to tell you. This is what you can do. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And they'll use everybody, and they'll tell everybody how to do things. Number nine, enjoys delegating tasks and supervising people. Those are your supervisors. Those are the ones that like to be managers. Those are the ones that like to be principals of schools, uh, you know, leaders. Okay? Number ten will endure criticism in order to accomplish the ultimate task. So this person will, um, you know, th they don't care about all the criticism that they're going to get because what's going to happen is I'm still going to accomplish my goal, okay? And then uh, number 11, has great zeal and enthusiasm for what they are involved in. So uh, they like what they're doing and they're going to accomplish it once again number 12 finds greatest fulfillment and joy in working to accomplish goals they they like this they like these type of goals long-term goals they feel like they're doing fine they're happy number 13 is willing to let others get the credit in order to get the job done so sometimes they don't want all the credit or most of the credit but they'll let other people get it Number 14, prefers to move on to a new challenge when something is accomplished. Once they feel, I've already uh, built the, the Bible school for this church, I've already expanded it, I already did this, and then what? they say, you know what, let me go on to another uh, goal or not, another long-term goal. Number 15, constantly writes notes to themselves. They're always writing notes. What, you know, what are my next steps? What should I do next? Things that I need to do tomorrow morning. Um, number 16 is a natural and capable leader. Out of all the, the, the gifts, this person is natural, 
a born leader like what we say. Number 17, knows when old methods are working and when to introduce new ones. Because they see that it's not getting accomplished. So they'll say, you know what, we need to change our plan again. Let's what? Reevaluate. Let's reschedule uh, or re -put, put everything back into sequence, to a, maybe a different sequence, so we can get what we won't need to do. Um, number 18, enjoys working with and being around people. So they are uh, gregarious. They like to be around people. Number 19, wants to see things and effectively as possible. So they want to see things uh, all the time. Is it being effective, not effective? Number 20, does not enjoy doing repetitive or routine tasks either. Okay, so these are the 20 characteristics. And uh, we're going to look at the problems of the administrator. I don't know, Omar, can you uh, get uh, my folder of notes? Because I forgot to tell you all who were the biblical examples I left my notes in the back. But in the meantime, while he's getting that, problems of the administrator. They become upset when others do not share the same vision or goals. So they can get angry because they're seeing that you're not being a really good part of the group. And they'll get upset at you. Hopefully, it's, a, uh, it's an, they can get angry, but as long as they don't what? Sin. Exactly. Thank you. So... That's one of their problems. They get angry real, really quick. Number two, can develop outer callousness due to being a target for criticism. So he has, you know, uh, you can tell me whatever you want. I'm still going to continue with my long-term goal. And I have layers and layers and layers like of coats or onion layers. And you cannot bring me down. So basically, this can be a, a problem. Number three, can regress into using people to accomplish own goals. So this person likes to use people. Sometimes you, you call them mother-in-law. I'm sorry. Sometimes you tell them because they want to use you, right? They, they know, they think they, you know, I, I, what, I raised my son well, and they want to even tell you how to do things, right? So they, uh, they do this. They use people sometimes. Number four, tends to drive self and neglect personal and family needs. Sometimes they neglect their, their, their own family because they're too busy in church. They're too busy in work. They're too busy in their business and neglect their family. Okay? And number five, neglects routine home responsibilities due to intense interest in the job. Kind of goes hand in hand, uh, number four, with number five. So let me go back to giving. In the Bible... And if you recall, you know, one of the ones that I wanted to share was Abraham. Abraham was a giver, believe it or not. He told his nephew Lot, remember, you know, we've already outgrown this area. What area would you like? Would you like the nice green pastures over there? Or would you want the rocky dry land on this side? Well, what did Lot say? I want the nice green hills and everything over there. And, see, and he said, okay, fine, go over there. And so he blessed uh, because he gave the good side uh, to Lot, then God blessed him. See, he didn't worry about, well, if I, you know, maybe you should get the dry land and I'll go to the nice and plush over there. He knew that God is still what? Going to bless me. We give, they give, the giver gives money and says, 
I gave him a hundred dollars. That's okay. I mean, that's fine. Why did you give him your spouses? Why did you do that? God is going to bless us. No, we need the bill. We need to pay the bill. You know, those type of things. Um, not only that, the giver, and I would probably find a giver, because whenever God blesses that giver, God is going to bless you too, okay? Because you're always with them or with her, and God will always bless both of you. Uh, they have, of course, uh, faith in God that God is going to supply all his or her, her needs. So that was the giver. Now let me go to the administrator. Who was a good administrator in the Bible? It was Joseph. Do you remember Joseph, the story of Joseph? You know, um, he was a visionary person. He could see things. Remember, he even told his brothers what he was dreaming about. And what did all his brothers, did all his brothers say, great job, tell me another dream. Of course not. They hated him. And why, is, why are you the chosen one? And why is God going to bless you? You know, he or she could see, they can see way ahead of us. Uh, the, the, the common people, I'm going to say. Their leadership capabilities are strong. And people can just see it in them. Okay? They assume responsibilities. And they enjoy supervising. I, and, and, you know, some of these things, they even see you at your work. Let me see. Sometimes they see you as a teacher and they say, you're, you're, you look like a principal. You can't be in the classroom too long. And they'll tell you this time, you know, you go into a new job, a new position. They say, you look like a supervisor. You're not going to be down here with all of us because you have those skills. You have that leadership. And people point it out. And sometimes you say, nah, yes. They can see it in your face. In what? You like to tell people what to do. No, well, in a good sense. In a good sense, right? In a good sense. You tell them, you know, maybe you could have done this and then you could have got better, better results. I've done it all the time and I always got get good results. They're really good at that. Okay? So that is the administrator. We're almost uh, done. This is the gift of compassion. This is the last one. And um, the gift of compassion uh, has, of course, uh, 20 characteristics. A compassion person, he has tremendous capacity to show love. The compassion person is also what? Very loving. Oh, my goodness. He likes hugs. She likes to hug. Why, aren't you, why didn't you hug me today? They're always asking, right? Right? They're asking, why didn't you do this? Why, why didn't you come over... You didn't stand next to me today. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't have time to stand next to you, right? But they love that, you know, the closeness. Uh, number two, always looks for the good in people. They always say, no, Sandra, I don't think she, she said that, but I don't think that's what she meant, right? Uh, no, 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 no. She meant this because she's a good person, right? We always say that, right? Especially when people die. He was a good person, even though, well, anyway. Let me go on. Number three, senses the spiritual and emotional, emotional condition of a group or individual. They can immediately find out if this person is really spiritual or not. Or you can say, no, I can sense there's something wrong. They're the first ones. They can really look at that person right through that person. You know, and here the teacher, no, I just want to teach. I don't care how they feel. And no, the, the, the compassion person, they sense it. They feel it. They know, no, there's something wrong right here. They can easily catch it. Number four, is attracted to people who are hurting or in distress. 
I hate those commercials. Uh, the little puppy, right? Uh, and he's dying. And like uh, those, all those commercials are for you, the compassionate person. The compassionate, oh, I want to give, I want to donate, right? And they really want to do that. There's a sick person, they're dying of this, dying of that. They do those commercials because they know that it's going to attract you, okay? This, this is a compassion one. Number five, takes action to remove hurts and relieve distress in others. They, I mean, if you're hurting, they'll come up to you, uh, baby, are you okay? Uh, oh, you got a scratch. Oh, I have first aid. And they run and bring the first aid box and they clean you up and they do everything. Oh, my goodness. Remember the Samaritan in, in, in the Bible, the Good Samaritan? That's what they are. They see somebody hurting, somebody crying. Oh, you need a hug. Oh, come on, just let it all out. And oh my gosh, and, and they're, they're that type. It attracts them. It does, okay? Um, I'm not criticizing them. It's just, I just, because you've seen it. I see that you're smiling and laughing. It happens. These are the compassionate pe persons. Um, Number six is more concerned for mentally. Oh, we already read that one. Number seven is motivated to help people have right relationships with one another. They're in the group. And if two people get angry, they're the ones that want to come in to help them out. No, 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 no. I think you misunderstood. Maybe there was miscommunication. You know what? Maybe we wanted to do this. You know, maybe he meant this. Maybe she meant that. So they really want to, you know, resolve the conflict immediately they're real good uh resolvers you know the, they're good mediators they, they and, and because they can actually they have the right words to try to keep everybody in a right relationship number eight loves opportunity to, to give preferences or place uh, to others so they like to say no i mean orlando oh my god he is so special and that they say so many good things about a person a lot of good things Number nine, is careful with words and actions to avoid hurting others. I told you about my son, Osiel. He has told me in the past, Dad, you shouldn't have said it that way. And I said, well, what? What, what? what did I say? And I can't even catch myself sometimes. Dad, this was, you know, too harsh. You should have said it this way. There's another way, Dad. And I, well, okay. I mean, they point out those things. And I say it because he is always telling me those type of things. Uh, Dad, you could have said it this way, or you could have done it that way. And, I t and sometimes, you know, a teacher gets frustrated, right? And say, well, you should have done it then. <laughs> but, you know, but they point out those things to us, the compassionate people. Number 10, easily detects insincerity or wrong motives. Again, remember, they can sense the person's uh, spirit. They can sense their emotions and say, no, this was not right. There's something wrong here. Number 11, is drawn to others with the gift of compassion. So uh, another compa a compassion person likes to find another compassion person because they love hugs and they love holding hands and they love all these things, right? You've seen it in church. I've seen it. Uh, the, the father is hugging the, 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 the daughter or the husband is hugging the, the, the wife here even in church. If you look at me over there in the corner when I'm sitting next to my wife, I don't even hug her. And it's like, you know, maybe we'll get close, but then we're kind of separated, right? And you might say that's old-fashioned. No, that's the way we're, I'm going to say, wired by God, okay? And uh, number 12, loves, loves to do thoughtful things for others. They're the ones that give you a gift, and then you say, why did you give me a gift? It's not my birthday. It's not an anniversary. And what do they tell you? Oh, just because. And like, 
What? Right? Um, just, just, just because, you know, I was, you're special to me. And they're like, what? You know, they go and do these things, okay? Um, is, trust, is trusting and tries to be trustworthy. They're the ones that we even, uh, even us, we go to them. They're like a counselor. We, we just let them know what we're going through. You know, uh, today my mom got after me and she told me I was this, I was that. And we just find those people just to let them, you know, we just empty ourselves to them, right? We just let them know what happened. And then sometimes you're too busy and you say, why are they all coming to me? Well, because you're a compassionate person. That's really what it is. 15, does not like to be rushed in a job or activity. They're what? They're going to take their time to do things. They're the most compassionate, and they even in their walk, they're like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're not rushing. It's not a business. It's like, mm, I, I have all day long, right? I can take my time and very patient, uh, you know. Let, let me go on because then I'll just say some things that I shouldn't. But anyway, uh, they avoid conflicts and confrontations. They don't like to what? Argue. They don't. They're the ones that if they see arguments, they'll try to what? Ma you know, patch it up. And, and everybody can have a good relationship. Um, does not like to be rushed in a job or activity. Or oh, I already said that, right? It's typically cheerful and joyful all the time. Most of the time, they wake up, they're stretching. Oh, what a great day it is. Thank you, God, because you've given me this day. And I, I just love it so much, Lord. I can just have another 50 more of these days. And then what is all grumpy over there? The other, like, oh, my back hurts. And, oh, why another day? Got to go work. They're the opposite. They're always positive, joyful, happy in the mornings, right? Is ruled by the heart rather than their mind. If they feel it, they'll do it, right? Instead of, oh, but what? God tells me not to do it. Remember we said at the very beginning we're supposed to love God with our mind, our hearts, our souls, and our strength. All four things. Well, they love to move with their hearts, and they forget they leave their mind behind, okay? This is a compassion person. Um, 18, rejoices to see others blessed and grieves to see others hurt. Um, they, when they hear that something, you got a new car, they're excited. Oh my gosh, you got a car. God has blessed you with a car. They're so excited, right? Because you got something. Number 19 is a crusader for good causes. They're the first ones there. They want to do what is right. Uh, number 20 intercedes for the hurts and problems of others. He or she is always in there to patch things up, make things better. Now, what are some things wrong with a compassionate person? Well, there's five of them. Tends to be indecisive sometimes. They don't know what to do sometimes. Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing, right? Number two is often prone to take up another person's offenses. They're willing, if you blame it on me, right? Uh, it, it was not your fault. No, no, that's okay. Just tell them it was me, right? Uh, and, and sometimes it's not fair and not right. Uh, is easily hurt by others. See, they're very compassionate, very giving, real uh, huggy, you know, all, all, everything that I've been saying. But they also hurt very easily. You hurt my feelings. And they'll tell you, right? You, you hurt me when you said this. When, when you said that I wasn't 
I didn't make a smart decision, but I, my heart told me, right? That's the way they'll respond. Can empathize or can empathize too much with the suffering of others. Sometimes they go too, too much, right? Empathizing with the other one, feeling for them, have, uh, feeling sad for them, all these things. Number five, has an affectionate nature that is often misinterpreted by the others. Sometimes because they see people and they want, oh, hug, hug, you know, and then if their spouse sees them, I saw you hugging so-and-so. What's wrong? Is there something going on, right, between you? And, and you know, and, and sometimes, no, they're just a friend. No, but I saw him. It was, I counted one, two, three, four seconds, the hug, right? And, you know, you might have that type of friend, a spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. So sometimes they're misinterpreting no, uh, the, the affection. No, I gave her a longer hug because she's going through a hard time. And nobody else can give her a hug. It had to be you, right? You know, those type of things, right? These are problems, okay? So now that you've done the calculation, here is the last matrix, I'm going to say. Or, you know, a chart. And it gives you all the seven gifts. And you can plot them in there. You should be able to come up with your number one gift of all the scores, right? Because you had some last Wednesday. This Wednesday, the last three, add them up. And if you can't do it right now, that's fine. You can do it later. But the first gift goes there because you don't just have one gift. If you notice, now that we've gone through all seven, you've thought, hey, I do this here, I do that here. And some of the scores might be very close to each other. But there should be at least one that is really higher than all the other ones, okay? You might have like in the 50s, 60s range, but then you have one that's hitting right in the 80s maybe, okay? So that way you know what would be your number one gift, your second gift, and then your third gift. I'm going to ask the uh, gentleman in the back. There was, I think, a slide that I showed the percentages. Can you go to the percentages? Remember, now that you've done the test or, you know, you, you analyzed yourself, here are the percentages of the people in the church. Okay? This was a study, of course, like I told you, that was done. And you can see the percents. And we had seen that the highest one is what? Compassion person. That means if, and I, and I use the example, there, if there's 100 people here tonight, 30 of you, that's probably your major gift. You're compassionate. It sounded like a lot, right? The, the compassion person, poor soul, I say, because they feel for everybody. They feel the pain, the, the hurt of everyone, right? There's 30 of you that are what? Compassionate. That's your major gift. You might have two or three, right? But most of you, well, I'm going to say 30% of you, 30 of you are compassionate. And then we said that uh, a server and exhorter are close to 16% and 17%. That means out of 100, 16 of you are uh, exhorter. That means you always what? want to give compliments to each other. You're doing well. You took the first step. Wow, all these things, right? 17% is the server. There's a lot of servers. 17%. 17 out of 100 Okay, then, of course, the administrator, somebody has to lead, right? 
13 of you are probably leaders in here. 13 of you. That means you can help where? In church, right? Now, the less ones or the least ones over here, of course, we have 12% the perceiver. He can see the emotional uh, person and uh, they can see, you know, uh, things uh, a mile away. The teacher and the giver, those are the least, okay? There's out of 100 people, six of you are teachers probably. And if, I think last time we had about six. They raised up their hand and there were actually about five or six teachers in here. Well, guess what? Only five or six of you gave money today. For who? For the church. Out of 100 people, only six people. Because you love, you love to give, right? So that's why pastor doesn't ask here, but I know that churches, mega churches, are always preaching that. And we have to give, and we have to give. Because if we don't give, we can't pay, what, the electricity? We can't do this. We can't do that. Can't ever have air conditioning. I just wanted to quickly go through those because I just wanted to make you aware of how, where you would fit, okay, um, in percentage-wise. Um, let me see. My computer is good. Okay, so we're going to look at the gifts in the body. While you're still calculating, I'm going to uh, give you maybe just some more information and uh, hopefully we can um, help each other, right? That, that's the whole purpose of this. And all of us coming together, you know, and, and praying for each other as well. And that way we know that all of you are valued, brothers and sisters. And you are. You are valued in the church. And you should be. Because we are important to each other. We, now that we've uh, analyzed each gift carefully, we can clearly see that each gift corresponds to a part of the physical body. For example, the perceiver is the eye of the body. Um, the perceivers are the most gifted with the spiritual sight, and they see things that the rest of us often miss totally, completely. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. Let's see, do we have that? Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. It says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. Okay, yes, it is. When your eye is healthy... Your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. So these are the perceivers. Remember, what was the percentage for perceivers? 12%, right? That means out of 100 people in here, 12 people can see well. I'm going to see spiritually well. Okay, 12. Can you imagine that? And that means if those perceivers don't tell the rest of the body, we are in sin. Oh, my gosh. Right. You, we really don't like to hear this anymore in the churches. There is sin in church and this needs to be fixed. Da -da -da -da, because if if those perceivers don't point out these things to us, to the whole body, we're in total what? Darkness. That's what we're that's what's going on. You see these in the mega churches and everybody, everything that you see, right? Although these words of Jesus may apply to the individual, they also have direct application to the body of Christ. The perceiver has a special responsibility of having a clear and sound eye which, uh, uh, with which to direct God's truth. Of all the members, this is a person who cannot afford pollution or sin in their life. 
If we have 12 perceivers in here and they're in sin, they're not even good help to any, any one of us. They're not, help, they're not helping us. Because they're in sin. Well, guess what? The whole body is in sin. Because the eyes, they're the eyes. Right? So if his sight is clouded, the rest of the body is clouded. If, you know, probably the young ones don't know this, but as we get older, what happens to our eyes? We get what we call what? Catara cataracts. That means we start seeing what? The blurry things, and we don't see clearly. We don't see the, the, the colors clearly. If the perceiver is in sin, the whole body of Christ is what? In sin. That's why it's important for them to tell us, brother and sisters, right? This is what we should not be doing in church. The rest of the body counts on the perceivers to accurately identify and proclaim the will of God. If the perceiver is not walking in purity of life, his vision is impaired, and what he or she states as truth may in fact be an error. There's a, that happens in churches. I, I don't know, but I, I, I tell my Sunday school class that I, in the mornings, I love to listen to different pastors talking. And I see them and that, no, that, that's a, not, a body is crooked in that church. The one that's preaching is already crooked and the whole body must be crooked, right? And you can probably think of some of those. Uh, the server is the hands of the body. This is the next one. Let's read uh, Proverbs chapter 31, verse 20. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. Of all the gifted, we notice that servers are literally the most capable with their hands. They have great dexterity. They seem to be able to fix or build just about anything. I mean, you just give them anything and they can, what, take a, a motor apart and they can put it all together again, right? Those are the things you, you've heard. Uh, they seem to be able to fix or build just about anything. They also, uh, this is also referred in 1 Corinthians 12, 28 as the gift of helps, okay? Now, the teacher is the mind of the body. Let me go to the third one. Acts chapter 17, verse 11 says, And the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. So the teachers in church are exceptionally gifted with intelligence. They're smart, right? Do I look smart? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> at, the, at first... They may not seem fair to the rest of the gifts, but remember that being the mind of the body, they need to be gifted like that. They're always asking questions. Oh my gosh, didn't I just tell you that? I listened to them on Sunday morning and, I'm, and I told them, uh, well, what happens as we're getting ready for Sunday school, I'm telling my wife, did you hear that? Did you hear what he said? That's not biblical. They took it out of context. And, none of, and I'm always... And my wife, yeah, 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 yeah. She's, and she's getting ready, right? And we're there, and, and I'm always pointing out all those things, right? Uh, they want to always know the basis of everything or for everything and search until the facts convince them that something is true, okay? So that's the teacher. Let's go to the exhorter quickly because we're running out of time. The exhorter is the mouth of the body. Let's read Acts 13, 15. After the usual readings from the books of Moses and the prophets, those in charge of the service sent them this message. Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, come and give it. So uh, exhorters, like what we mentioned during the characteristics, they love to talk a lot. A lot. 
They never let you talk. Have you been with them around? They talk and talk. And it's like, oh, when are they going to finish, right? Oh, my gosh. And what is their point? What are they trying to tell me, right? They have the best oil jaws of all the gifts. God has endowed them with a great facility of speech. And they use words, and I never use it, you know, that word in that sense or that manner. They're like the energizer bunny, which I've been saying. It keeps on going and going. It's like, where's your off button, right? You're trying to turn him off. Never can, okay? Uh, but they're supposed to encourage us, console us. That's their job. That's their job. That's why they keep on talking and talking. The giver is the arms of the body. Luke 151 reads, His mighty arm has done tremendous things. In this New Testament passage, Mary is quoting Old Testament scriptures, and givers have great strength spiritually, extending to the, to the reach of every Christian endeavor. Anything that they want to do, they'll do it. Remember the story about Moses holding aloft the rod so that Israel might prevail in battle over Amalek? And when uh, they were there to uh, help them, you know, Moses' arms... Uh, whenever his arms would come down, they would be losing the battle. But whenever Aaron and, um, who was it? And Ur, I think, they would lift up his arms and then they were winning the, the battle. So these are the uh, givers. Administrator is the shoulders of the body. Isaiah 9.6 says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders. So we often say that someone in leadership is shouldering responsibility. He or she is the leader. Uh, they often say that, um, well, these uh, administrators are carrying the load of leadership. And wise administrators know how to yoke up with Jesus because they know that they can't do it alone. So they ask Jesus, Jesus, you know, walk with me because I'm not able to uh, bear all of this. And the compassion person is the heart of the body. 2 Thessalonians 3.5 says, May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of love of the love of God and the, and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. So people gifted with um, compassion are ruled by the heart rather than their mind. They reveal the, truth, the true nature of God by showing kindness, care, mercy, and grace for others. So within the seven gifts, we can group them into two categories. Those that focus primarily on speech and those that focus primarily on service. Oh, there it is, okay? So the gifts that focus on speech is, first of all, the teacher. The teacher, which is the mind of the body, must speak in order to teach, right? They need to talk. The perceiver is the eye of the body. They must speak in order to proclaim God's will. Remember, they can see things that we, the rest of us, cannot see. And if they are in sin, it doesn't help the body. We're all going to be in sin. The exhorter being the mouth of the body obviously has a speaking gift. And the administrator, the shoulders of the body, must have facility of speech in order to lead. So these four gifts are the speaking gifts, if we could put them into two categories. So these are the ones that usually are the leaders, the teachers, the administrator, the perceiver, the exhorter. These are the leaders in the church, and they lead and they lead because they're the ones that can speak very easily and quicker. Now, the gifts below the dotted line, uh, you can see the compassion person, which is the heart of the body, is usually not one who likes to get in, up in front of a group or speak. If I ask Ociel, 
Jose, you want to come and talk in front of everybody? More than likely, he'll say probably no, right? But if I push him, I push him, maybe enough, he'll come back. He'll come up here, maybe, okay? He would much rather work behind the scenes, uh, serving others through the abundance of love God has given him. He says, you know, no, 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 I'll be over here. I'll just donate money. I'll do this, and, and that's it. The giver, the arms of the body, also have a supportive type of gift, shining the limelight to serve in the background. Also, the server, they'll help you. They'll do carry things for you. They'll do for things, but they don't want to be up front. Uh, and the server, um, yeah, that was the giver. And the server, the hands of the body, obviously excels in this area. So these three are the serving gifts. 1 Peter 4.11 urges those with speaking gifts to speak as one who utters oracles of God. And we had already shared that scripture verse uh, two Wednesdays ago. But such people bear the responsibility of making sure that what comes out of their mouths is what God wants said. So that's why they have to always, the speaking ones, always should never be in sin. Because if they're in sin, the ones in the bottom can't do a good job. Okay? So the teacher, the exhorter, especially the perceiver, okay? Because he can see things a mile away. Uh, let's see. God spoke the world into existence, and when he did, he, this is, um, our words have an impact on others, just like when God created the earth, he, he told, spoke it into existence. These four gifts at the top uh, have an impact on people as well. Anyone with a speaking gift must constantly seek to be led by the Holy Spirit. Those are the ones that should always be seeking the Holy Spirit. Because if they seek the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will give them word. The Holy Spirit will give them insight. And they're the ones that are going to talk. Okay? For those uh, with one of the three serving gifts, the verse contains a tremendous promise that they are to serve with the strength which God furnishes them. They're always, remember, they're the bunny that never stops. They go on and on and on. God will give them an abundance of strength and energy for the work they are to do. They never take breaks. Uh, I'm going to say that my wife is a server. She loves to serve. And I just sit down and I just watch her going from there to there to there to there to there. And I tell her, when are you going to take a break? And she says, I haven't finished yet. Oh, okay. Well, I'll sit here if you need anything. Let me know, you know. And she sometimes sees me and says, you're still sitting down. Uh, yes, uh, did, what, did you need me to do something, you know? And they are always what? They have the strength of God. The rest of us do not, okay? We, have need, we need breaks. We're the ones that say, 15-minute break, 15-minute break, because we want to sit down. We don't have that strength, okay? Uh, God gives them all this abundance of strength, and we have observed that those with serving gifts seem to have unusual amounts of stamina, the verse also emphasizes that no matter which category our gift falls into, all of us must do or use our gift for the glory of God. Okay? So with that, because it's already time, it's already 8.30, we've already finished all the gifts. I told you that all the gifts are important. We've been saying to each other, you have a gift, I have a gift. And we should all come together. For what? To help each other? To what? To perceive what needs to be perceived? To do the word of uh, the jobs of, uh, you know, or what God tells us to do with all the strength? We have to what? Teach each other. We have to uplift each other, the exhorter. We need to do, we need to be part of 
If we, do all, if we all do what we're supposed to do, oh my gosh, this, this church would be probably filled because as soon as they come in, and you've heard this, I walked into this church and I could just feel his presence, right? Now imagine if they feel the presence, but then they see the body of Christ moving in the way that they should. It's, they're going to not only sense it, they're going to see it, they're going to feel it, touch it, and everything, and taste it. Amen. And they're not wanting to leave this because the body of Christ is here. It doesn't just have one eye. It has two eyes, two ears, one mouth. And, and when the Holy Spirit speaks, it speaks with what? Authority and abundance and blessing. And that's why it's important for all of us to come together. And that's why we're doing this lesson. Because we want you to know that you have a gift. Your gift is important. It's important for the honor and the glory of God. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Join us next time for another uplifting message. If you'd like to support this ministry and the reaching out of others, you have the opportunity to give at rockofagesaog.org give.